are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a Monday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, and coming off a of bye week, we still have found some stuff to talk to you guys about. First, as always, for a Monday episode, we're going to take a look at the AP poll rankings and why Arizona State should be number one on the list, as per usual. Second segment, we're going to talk about the Pac-12 standings, where Arizona State sits after their bye week. And then, finally, we're going to go ahead and tackle the Spencer Rattler speculation that's been kind of surfacing around all of college football regarding the transfer portal, potential favorite locations for him, and it's coincidental, question mark? that Arizona State has been one of the top potential landing spots for him. So me and Connor are going to give our thoughts. Once again, you're listening to the Locked on Sun Levels podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every day. Remember that we're free and available on all platforms. My name is Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my great friend, Connor Drios. Connor, first of all, happy birthday. Second, how are you doing? Two things. One. It is either a Monday edition of the podcast recording on a Sunday or we're recording on a Sunday and we don't tell the listeners that. But yes, it is my birthday on Sunday. Anyways, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking, man. Oh. I, I just want to revisit something you said. Let me, let me ask you this. Georgia comes knocking on your door and they said, hey man, we heard you want number one, but you have to play us on national TV. If you win, you get to be number one overall. If not, you can't win the Pac-12 South. Do you take that bet? Do I get him in Tempe? Sure. I got us by... You also get a 10-point handicap. In that case, we're only losing by 40. Okay, so that was a bad bet. But definitely definitely not taking them number one on the polls this week. Number two, my bad. Uh, but uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. Uh, great to be back on a Monday edition of the Locked on Sunnables podcast. It's kind of weird not watching ASU. Like, we watched other college football games this weekend, but, like, it, especially with ASU usually playing later on in the night, like, we didn't necessarily have anything to look forward to. Uh, we talked on the Friday edition of the podcast about teams kind of cheer for and against, so we at least had that. But uh, I, I have an itch, man, and I just I just need to see ASU play and get another win. Yeah, it just, it, it, it was almost like a sigh of relief that I didn't have to worry about my team winning or losing a game. And yeah, it just, it, it was nice. It, it was kind of boring. And like me and you had talked about, it kind of stunk that there wasn't any hashtag Pac-12 after dark this week because both of the quote-unquote late games for the Pac-12 kicked off at 4.30. And just, just it was, it was weird. That, that's the best way I can put it. It was weird. It was a weird week for the Pac-12. The schedule makers need a, a talking to. We're not supposed to play at any point when there could ever be sunlight. So I'm, I'm not quite sure uh, why that changed this week. I know we have daylight savings time com- uh, coming up, but that's a very drastic change from 7.30 p.m. Yeah, you know what? Maybe the East Coast finally just had enough of it, and they uh, they voiced their opinion to the best coast. Er, West Coast, excuse me. Excuse you. Okay, so... Uh, speak, speaking of East Coast, it's time to look at some East Coast bias and looking at the latest AP poll top 25 rankings. We don't need to talk about the top of the top because ASU has no business being up there, even though we want Georgia to never play us. 
You'll, you'll like how I added the never play us part? Yes, we're never calling them out ever on a podcast, ever. Imagine We being, don't want that smoke. Imagine being U of A and scheduling Alabama. Yeah, could that, not, could that's not gonna be, be It's going to be years down the road, but I got bad news for you guys. You're going to be no different than Alabama playing Alabama State A&M University. So that that's bad on U of A. But, but let's go ahead and do what we normally do and look at the last, like, five to six spots on the top 25 poll and the first few just outside of the top 25 poll to see who we would take Arizona State over. So looking from 20 down to the teams that had more votes in Arizona State, you have Penn State came in at 20, San Diego State came in at 21, Iowa State came in at 22, UTSA at 23, Coastal Carolina at 24, and BYU at 25. Connor, from those six teams I just named, do you think Arizona State beats any of them in a neutral site? Maybe UTSA. Uh, UTSA is always interesting. Um, Coastal Carolina, I don't know what to make of them this year. Uh, in a neutral site, yes, I think especially at home. If we were away, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, BYU has just kind of been flipped up uh, on their heads in the last couple weeks. So they won this past week, but now uh, right before that, they lost their last two games. So I, I think... By the end of the season, they'll be ranked top 25. And when you look at the AP poll, it changes so much, right? Generally, you have some of your better teams that don't really get kicked out of like the top, I don't know, five or 10, uh, unless something just absolutely terrible happens to their team. But looking at like even like 15 all the way to the end, a lot of those teams potentially weren't even ranked at some point in the season. So um, I think we at least have a shot against a lot of these teams, but that. I think when we start to look at some of these others receiving votes, uh, as far as the Pac-12 schools go, we have two others. So outside of Arizona State, we have Oregon State, who is tied with us at seven. Uh, and then UCLA is receiving one vote. One vote. That's it. One is better than none. I'm going to go with they live in Los Angeles, potentially. Pro- probably. So looking at some of these schools, I... I I think, especially with a couple easier games on our schedule, I don't want to call it out too soon, but I'm not really concerned about either of the Washington teams, whether it's Wazoo or University of Washington. Washington went and played Tucson this week, right? And they didn't necessarily manhandle them. It was expected to be a much worse game for U of A, and they actually were leading for the majority of it. Uh, I don't blame Washington State Washington State too much for, for losing to BYU. That was at least a close game. Um, but I do feel like we've got a couple easy wins throughout the rest of our schedule. And if we can just, uh, we've talked a little bit before about what ASU needs to do for the rest of the year in order to win like the Pac-12 South. I don't think they're going to lose more than about maybe one other game just because they're not probably going to run the table, right? So I, I think we'll at least be in that top 20 discussion when everything is all said and done. I think the biggest thing comes where that next loss, uh, as far as the timing when that next loss comes from. Yeah, looking at the remainder of this schedule, my goodness, is it favored for Arizona State. You got Wazoo coming to town this week. You have USC coming to town the following week. Then you go to Washington, who's not very good. The toughest game left, you have to go to Corvallis. We knew that was going to be a tough game before the season because of the history, but it's going to be even tougher now because Oregon State, I believe, is second place in the North. And then you close out with U of A at home. So you got a really nice stretch of home games there. ASU could run the table on paper, 
there there is gonna be one more loss in there for sure, maybe even two. We'll we'll see what happens. But focusing on the teams that are ranked ahead of us, I'm not sure. I I think ASU belongs in that conversation, but I also think that they're ranked properly. I I guess we'll see. ASU sitting five and two right now and not too far behind in the Pac-12 South. Uh, what's it, what's it called standings? Not not too far behind in the standings, and should they get to the top of the standings, that's when you can reintroduce them into the top twenty-five poll. I think I feel like that's fair. I'm going to go back to the point I was making about the timing of it. Like, let's say you you do uh, you win uh, up until the point where you get Oregon State, and I believe they're the second to last game of the year for us. Uh, Correct. I would almost rather lose this, and not that. We're, we're looking at the overall conferencing. So in terms of like the AP poll, it would be better for us to lose this week, dominate the remaining four games on our schedule to end the season versus getting that late loss um, just so people have that kind of fresh view in their minds of what ASU truly is since they see us losing to Oregon State later in the year. Almost regardless of what you do against U of A, you're probably not going to be ranked no matter what. Yep, that, that'll, that'll be the toughest thing. And unfortunately, even as a three-loss team and winning your division that it's still not the best look for you to try and get yourself into the top 25 especially when you have teams that are undefeated at the moment i mean appalachian state got some votes this week they only have one loss on the year utsa is undefeated still Uh, louisiana lafayette i want to say maybe has one loss to their name so it's not so much that asu can't beat these teams but you're starting to get to a point in the season where you can't ignore teams that are undefeated anymore, and that's going to be what's going to end up holding ASU back in these poll rankings. So uh, unless you have anything else to touch on real quick, we can probably end our first segment. No, I think without us being able to play a game, uh, ASU still received, like I said, seven votes, which was the same as they received last week. So good to see that people's opinions of us haven't changed by not watching us play football, but uh, some of the people on the East Coast that might not have changed at all, anyways. So, but we'll see after they play a, another game this week. Then that'll give us at least a little bit something else to talk about in terms of where ASU should be ranked on the top twenty-five list. Well, there you go. So, with that being said, we'll go ahead and close out our first segment. When we return, we are going to look at the state of the Pac-12, including the Pac-12 South, where Arizona State is after a bye week, and where they can improve following this week's game. As always, you are listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I personally love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players in the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have ever heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All of your users that deposit and use your promo code will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code Locked On. Here's how it works. You pick 2-5 to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. PricePix allows mixed sports entry. You can take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same exact entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PricePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your app store and download the app today. 
Price picks is daily fantasy made easy. And we're back for the second segment of a Monday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Again, thank you guys so much for making us your first listen. Remember that we are free and available on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts. Connor, now that we're back and we're coming off a bye week, it's kind of weird to analyze where Arizona State is in the rankings of the Pac-12 if for no other reason than we didn't get a chance to move the needle up or down. But nonetheless, we're going to do it anyways because the vast majority of the rest of the Pac-12 got to play this week and decide their fate in where they're headed right now. So, yeah, there you go. Connor, take it away. So, looking at the standings, nothing too major happened, at least at least for UCLA and Utah. So, one big thing, I, I take that back. Utah was the only undefeated team in the Pac-12 South in terms of conference play coming into this week, and they ended up losing to Oregon State. That is going to be huge for ASU because now not only are you tied with Utah, they still have Oregon on their schedule. They still have Oregon. It's not that it's not a winnable game, but I feel pretty good about saying they're going to lose that game. We think, and we've talked a lot about how ASU is probably not going to run the gauntlet. If they can just lose one game, Utah manages to slip up at some point any other time after Oregon, it is your division to lose. What would potentially benefit you, and I, I guess I don't know how the total tiebreaker would work, um, is if UCLA was tied with you in terms of conference play, you might be able to get past Utah that way. But now you just have to outright beat them in the standings. So that was huge for ASU to essentially just wake up after a, su- or a Saturday, uh, and now Utah has that conference loss on their uh, overall ranking. So UCLA also losing was big. At, at this point, the Pac-12 South was kind of just a, a three-team race. So them losing to Oregon, which albeit is was a close game. Uh, Oregon's played quite a few people close this year, which has been interesting. Um, but for UCLA to get that second loss and you have the tiebreaker over them, I'm not as concerned about them the rest of the season. Uh, but Utah, for sure, getting that loss um, and being tied with us in conference play at 3-1 was huge. Yeah, so the biggest the biggest deal here is you need Utah to drop at least at least against Oregon and Arizona State went out or in a more realistic scenario, you need Oregon to drop two games and Arizona State only drop one more game in order to outright win the South. It's not totally impossible, but it's also going to take quite a bit of luck and Everything and every anything and everything in between is what I was trying to say. But it, again, it it is something that is attainable for Arizona State. The rest of the schedule is very much in their favor. Short of that game in Corvallis, we shouldn't lose any of those games because your toughest games remaining is USC, and USC looks a terrible right now, and b inconsistent at best, and we can't figure out what they want to be and right now what we are seeing is we're it's a team that's reeling in and just not good straight up they got some really talented guys drake jackson that defensive end dude he could seriously be a top 10 pick when it's all said and done in this upcoming draft class and drake london the receiver who looks like a mike evans clone has over a thousand yards in a year now so they've got a couple really good guys on both sides of the ball but Overall, they're just not a very good team. Outside of Oregon State, that is your next toughest game, and you get them in 10P. I feel pretty good about that. 
I'm very confident against Wazoo. I'm very confident against Washington. And I'm willing to go ahead and make make a locksmith prediction that we're beating U of A by 30 or more. Easily. Easily doing it. So you do that. You run the table. And you win the conference. Not the conference. Excuse me. You win the division. But you need Utah to drop one game at a minimum. And that's provided you win out. We will talk about this way later. I'm just already thinking about the spread for that game against Arizona. I, I think I already want to take ASU to cover, but it, it's got to be it's got to be 20 plus. You would think. Yeah, and it obviously it's not going to be 63 and a half, which for what it's worth, we wouldn't have covered last year. But it should definitely be like a 20 point spread, especially if U of A goes into this game winless. And honestly, if they if they were winless going into this game. That's even more energy for the Sun Devils to want to absolutely crush them again and give them a winless season and make them go, man, by, by the time the next season would roll around, it'd be two, almost three years. It'd be over two and a half years yeah, if they, they went won winless. In October of 2019. Yep. So it would be almost three years without a win if they went winless and Arizona State closed them out. But that, that's looking way far ahead. So we talked a little bit about how the games this week impacted ASU. Utah is clearly their biggest competitor to winning the South. I think best case scenario, they go two and three. And I'm looking at the schedule right now. Next week, they get UCLA. It is at least at home for Utah. That's going to be big. But UCLA is going to play them tough. That is not a gimme. We are absolutely rooting on the Bruins. Then they get the Cardinals. Or sorry, the Cardinals. They get Stanford. So that one is also at Stanford, not a gimme. They get also U of A the week after that, and then their last That's a win. and then their last game is, is Colorado. So those those Where, should. Where's Oregon in there? Oregon is the second to last week. So it goes it goes UCLA, Stanford, uh, U of A, Oregon, and then Colorado. So they should be able to beat the Wildcats and Buffaloes. On that's going to happen. But if you're looking for them to potentially get beat by Oregon, that's fine. If they get that second loss, which gives Arizona uh, State a little bit of cushion, they have to beat both UCLA and Stanford back-to-back weeks. So it's definitely not impossible for Utah. They're a tough team. But if you're asking me to predict their record going forward, I think they're going to go 3-2, and two and it's, going to, it's going, going to open up a little bit more for uh, ASU. It's going to be huge. Well, I mean, you couldn't ask for a more perfect storm in that scenario where ASU only has one serious like potential loss on their remaining schedule, Utah has two. And don't like don't get me wrong, if they lose the second game because they drop to Washington State or whoever, like we'll reference this. But in terms of like looking at their schedule, could they lose any of those other games? Sure. But I, I'd feel pretty comfortable about ASU only losing one more game the rest of the season. Yeah, so I, obviously things happen. But that that is the absolute perfect scenario for Arizona State. But as of right now, they're still they're, they're not a game behind. They're tied in conference play with Utah, but Utah has the tiebreaker. So even though Arizona State has a better overall record, Utah still has that, I guess you could call it a half game advantage. I'm not sure what you would really call it. But again, things just get really weird at this time of year because it's all about your conference play. It's essentially a half game. It might as well be. Yeah, so, and then, like we said, Utah's got two potential losses. We still need UCLA to drop probably one more game to feel safe, but we do need UCLA to win this weekend. Arizona State fans, I'm letting you know right now, 
we are the biggest Bruins fans this weekend. That's well. That's the thing is, if UCLA, I'm not even that worried about them just because you have that extra tiebreaker. So, like, let's say you did lose one game and uh, UCLA wins out, um, you are going to be tied with them. Like, they need us to lose two games for that to happen, or we would have to be tied with Utah and UCLA all at the same record, and somehow having uh, like a, a tiebreaker get UCLA in front of us. So. It's not that UCLA is out of it by any stretch, uh, but they need to essentially win out in ASU to lose two games uh, in order for that to happen. Because hypothetically, if uh, if they do beat Utah this upcoming weekend, we would have beaten UCLA, we would have lost to Utah, and then UCLA beat Utah. So at that point, if they all have the same record, uh, it probably just goes to overall conference play and it breaks down from there in terms of the tiebreaker. Yeah, I, I would have to sit down and do some more research, but... It's essentially, we want UCLA to win this week, yep. and then we don't care what they do the rest of the season. We want Utah to drop Utah, or not Utah. We want Utah to drop Oregon, and we want them to drop UCLA. And we would prefer Arizona State win out, but in a in a worst case scenario, drop one game. So that that's what you're looking for. But with that being said, that's going to wrap up our second segment. When we return for the final break, we're going to touch on the Spencer Rattler speculation. And I'm going to leave it nice and ambiguous, just like that. When we return, we'll talk about Spencer Rattler and everything kind of surrounding him. You were listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Hey there, Locked on Sun Devils fans. I'm here to talk to you today about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar by now, let me tell you, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Bilt Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're biting into something different. It's more of an experience and one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Bilt Bars are low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, low-sugar, and high in protein. So all the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious. So many flavors, too. And and that's just that that's one of the best parts about it. They're just off the top of my head. You've got coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and plenty of other flavors too. Check it out. This month, Built Bar is coming out with a new limited time flavor every three to four days. So check their website often because you don't want to miss out. Go to builtbar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And we return for the final segment of a Monday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. We've talked about the AP poll rankings. We've talked about the Pac-12 standings. And now here's a little treat. We're going to talk about Spencer Rattler. And I'm sure at first you're wondering, why the heck are we talking about Spencer Rattler, an Oklahoma quarterback, on a on a podcast about the Arizona State Sun Devils, that just doesn't make any sense, does it, Connor? No, it doesn't. Oh, wait, no, no, but there was that article, or at least rumor, talking about Spencer Rattler potentially uh, entering the transfer portal, and Arizona State was listed as one of those potential landing spots. Oh, well, there you go. Maybe Now that, it seems relevant. Maybe that's why we're talking about it. So, may, here, here's the fun thing. This is where we get to put our tinfoil hats on and start all the speculating. Now, is it. it fun? What, what year are you asking me, like... Is it fun that you would come here? Because if it's last year, yes, I'd say it's fun. If it's this year, I'd say it's not fun. Dude, here's the thing. So I, I got a whole scenario painted out in my head for you. But first, before we get to my scenario... How look, many people are sitting out because they transferred just for this scenario? 
Is it just Spencer Rattler, or are there like four other quarterbacks that have to sit out too? I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not a doctor. Okay, okay. I'm gonna sit here with my tinfoil hat until yeah. you're ready. Go ahead. There, there you go. So before we get to our conspiracy theories and start connecting the dots, dots the same way that Mike Leach seemingly does for every tiny little thing in the world, we're gonna go ahead and start with why there's the speculation, and, it, and it's two words: Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, for those of you who don't watch football outside of the Pac-12, has taken over college football by storm. It started back during the Red River Showdown, where Oklahoma and Texas were slugging it out, and Spencer Rattler wasn't getting it done. So Caleb Williams comes in, saves the day, and wins the game for Oklahoma. In his last two games, he's looked pretty stellar. This past week, he looked mortal, but other than that, Williams has been absolutely on fire. And it's Spencer Rattler has become an afterthought. So there's now all the speculation that Spencer Rattler is going to transfer and he's going to leave the Oklahoma Sooners program because he's no longer the team starter. And presumably he's not going to be the, the starter moving forward because Caleb Williams, I believe, is a freshman. If not, he's only a sophomore. And they, Oklahoma is doing a lot better with him at quarterback. And Rattler is confident... I think that's one way we can word it. And he's not someone who's going to want to sit on the bench when he could be starting for other teams. Henceforth, be transfer speculation. So now we're talking about all sorts of potential locations that Spencer Rattler could wind up going to. And one of the one one of the most common spots that he's been linked to has been Arizona State, and for good reason. This is where you can go ahead and put your tinfoil hat on. Are you ready for this? I already, I already know, like, because I know Spencer Rattler, because, like, when he went to Oklahoma, like, there was a big deal. I know exactly what you're going to say. But, yes, I'm ready. All right, here we go. So, for those of you who don't know, Spencer Rattler was one of the top quarterback recruits during his class and played at Pinnacle High School. Which is in Arizona. Which is in Arizona. It's in the Valley, and I'm sure some of... Some, we're not some of most of our listeners know where Pinnacle High School is, and he dominated and ended up being one of, if not the top quarterback recruits in his class. Commits to Oklahoma, sits behind Kyler Murray for a year, and then not a year, yes, a year, yeah, just a year because it went Baker. No, 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 no Jalen it was Hurts. Jalen, Hurts. Jalen Hurts. Yes, sat behind Jalen Hurts for a year, and then he came out last year and looked solid. He wasn't outstanding, but he was good. And then this year he's kind of come out flat. Some people are saying that he's just not a good fit for the offense. Other people are saying that he's just simply not that great a quarterback. I'm not sure how you're not a great fit for the offense because it's not that Baker, Kyler, and Jalen. I mean, literally, they're all starting for NFL teams right now, so you can say what you want. But that offense is meant like you don't even have to throw guys open in that offense. They're already open. It's a pretty pretty easy or at least quarterback friendly scheme to run. It's a very quarterback friendly scheme. I remember when when. And this is obviously not how you watch tape, but when you watch highlight videos of Kyler or Baker or anyone, like a lot of the the highlight plays these guys are making, they're not throwing balls in like contested windows, and guys are making tough catches. It was Hollywood streaking down, like and getting a, a deep touchdown. Same thing with CD Lamb. It just it wasn't so difficult for these guys to be able to make these throws. So Rattler, unfortunately, has come out flat. And I say unfortunately, it's not so much that I'm a, an Oklahoma fan, but. Uh, hearing a kid from Arizona be as productive as he was, uh, it's just it's fun to cheer for uh, those kinds of scenarios. 
going into the season, Spencer Rattler was one of the favorite picks to be the number one overall quarterback going. The Heisman contender, too, like the favorite for the Heisman Trophy. So, not that we personally know the kid, but for a high school that we know, going to a program that we at least, I think, enjoy watching, especially seeing several great quarterbacks come out in the last couple of years, at least NFL-caliber quarterbacks, it was at least exciting to see Rattler playing that, at least for that kind of an opportunity. So, now, for him stepping back, losing his job to Kittle Williams, potentially sitting out a year and transferring just to try to... to redeem what he had lost it is just absolutely mind-boggling to me because the season's only seven weeks old if you would have told me seven weeks ago that was even a possibility I would have laughed at you for what it's worth uh i, I want to move on to talking about how he links to arizona state here so that we keep the relevance to the podcast but for what it's worth when he was named the starter following jalen hurts leaving there was a lot of talk that he was going to be the best oklahoma quarterback prospect between him and baker and kyler and hurts just crazy how much hype he had. But I think he, that's just because of the the type of quarterback, or at least like how heavily recruited he was. So not that any of the other guys weren't, but Baker and Kyler both transferred from their schools in Texas, respectively. Um, and Jalen Hurts, while he played a different school in Alabama, generally was not the best quarterback in Alabama. So in terms of the pedigree, obviously it's, it's easy to understand why that was the case. Yep, but... He, so, so here's where we can start to tie it into Arizona State. We're going to reel everyone back in. I, th- I threw the bait out, and now I'm bringing you back in. Here, here's where we start connecting the dots. So uh, the obvious one, he went to Pinnacle High School. He's an Arizona kid. It makes sense for him to come back to his home state. Arizona State, if you did want to come back home, is the school to play for. You don't want to go to U of A where, admittedly, you would be the face of Tucson. Like, everyone would worship the ground you walked on. And knowing... His confident attitude, that is definitely something that could appeal to him. But I would tell you that he would rather play for a winning team. Arizona State would be that team. They're very young. They've got a lot of really good wide receivers that he would be able to make connections with immediately. It's just all these tiny little details that kind of make sense. Now, here's where my tenfold hat comes on. This is the perfect scenario for the Sun Devils. I know I've talked to you about this before, but I'm going to fill in our listeners now. When you transfer, more often than not, you have to sit out a year. I don't understand how some guys are eligible immediately and how some guys have to sit out a year. That's beyond me. Don't ask me how that works. But here's the perfect scenario. Spencer Rattler decides to transfer to Arizona State, and for some reason he has to sit out the year. Jaden Daniels comes back for his senior year. Plays it out, and then after he's gone, Rattler comes in for what would be his redshirt senior year. So you would get a year out of Rattler. He would have a whole year in place to learn the system. And hopefully in that time, he's kind of calmed down and humbled himself to where he's more open to not being the prima donna quarterback that he is. Because if you look up any highlights of him in high school, there's a very famous video that's like three minutes long of him cussing out his receivers and calling them trash and all these other things. So Rattler's definitely got an attitude problem, but this may be the humbling experience he needs to get his head back on a swivel and potentially turn his career around because this would be his last opportunity to get himself back to the NFL because he went from being a potential number one pick to potentially not drafted. He's definitely not declaring this year, and if he does, he's insane. I think he would definitely get drafted. I, I think 
if people looked at your tape and thought this kid could be the number one overall pick, there's no way he falls out of the top seven rounds, right? Or I guess the only seven rounds. I mean, admittedly, that that's definitely like an exaggeration. I, I think from an Arizona State fan, I don't think either of us want to see Jaden go out this year. I, I don't think we want him to declare for the draft. Not that he can't make it, regardless of whether he gets drafted or not. He'd be picked up on the practice squad, but that's that's not what we want for Jaden. We want Jaden to not only succeed for Arizona State and lead our team to a ton of wins, but we want to see him succeed. Having a potential NFL quarterback coming from your school is is incredibly fun, uh, something that we'd love to be able to talk about. And I just don't think this is the year for Jaden to do it. He's definitely involved as a, a passer and a player overall, but if he can even take another step up in what might not be the strongest quarterback class again next year, that is at least going to be able to give him an opportunity to put his hat in the ring for a potential first-round pick. And then we would be able to get a talented kid like Rattler to be able to take his place. Yeah, so that's perfect scenario. But at the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest Spencer Rattler guy. What I will tell you is he puts, he puts butts in the seats because he's a big name. And coming back to Arizona would be huge, a huge get for the program and may, maybe get the recruiting back on track depending on what ends up happening with all the allegations that are going around. That's the other thing is if you lose scholarships – Having a guy like Spencer Rattler in place could be really good to bridge your program and make sure that you're not falling off to a U of A kind of level. So, But like you said, I, at the end of the day, I would rather have Jaden Daniels as my starting quarterback. I hope he comes back for his senior year. A, because I'm a selfish Sun Devils fan, but B, I think he needs it to improve his draft stock overall. But that's another conversation for another day. In the meantime... That does wrap up the Monday edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, you can find us all over the place. You can find the podcast on Spotify, on Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, we're there. Monday through Friday, giving you the best Arizona State Sun Devils content. Just a heads up, basketball season is right around the corner, so we're going to be talking about the basketball program starting tomorrow and moving forward. So be sure to tune in if you're a fan of the sport where you throw a orange ball through a hoop. We're definitely there for you guys. Obviously, we still talk about football in the meantime. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts. I already said that. Follow us on social media. I'm going to be at RichieBrads36. Connor's going to be at Cedrios. And the podcast is going to be at LO underscore Sun Devils. Again, I've been your host, Richie Bradshaw, joined always by my good friend, Connor Trios. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Now go ahead and tune into the Locked On Pac-12 podcast where you get all your Pac-12 news in 30 minutes or less with Pac-12 expert Cindy Robinson, 70 to 7.